seated. Let's worship the Lord in spirit and truth.
So good morning, good morning. I hope you guys are doing uh, well. Today, it's such a fun time of the year, even though we've been through a crazy year of 2020, and we're almost through that and moving on to 2021. We'll be excited for that, I know. Um, but this is a great time of the year with Thanksgiving, a time to be grateful, and now Christmas, uh, another time to be ecstatic at what God has done for us, that that every year we 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 are reminded, the world is reminded. Uh, as Christians, we know every minute we live our lives that it's, God is God. Uh, but the world is reminded, and there's this like umbrella feeling this time of year that God has sent his only son, and that we have hope even through the worst of times in our lives. And, uh, and we think we've been through a hard time in 2020, but there have been times in the past that were way harder than this. Other people, other groups have gone through things that are way, way harder than what we just experienced, even though this has been difficult and others, some people have suffered more than other people. On a whole, on a whole, God is good. God continues to work. And, uh, and, and I'm excited about that. We are on this journey called Living on a Prayer because that's what we need every day as we go through this trying time, uh, that, that God is right here. Well, all we got to do is turn to, and call on him and just seek him, like seek him with our life and God will show up and he'll work on our behalf and he'll help us, you know, he'll work for us. And so it's a very, very, very special time of the year, very special celebration day is coming uh, this, this week, uh, the 25th, when we celebrate the birth of Christ. The world would like us to call this event a number of things, like a holiday, or Xmas, or a festival, or, or just kind of like generic it by calling it a religious festival or holiday or something like that. But today, today, you and me right here, what we're doing is we're making Christmas great again. We want the world to know that Christmas is more than just a day or some festival or some holiday. This is a celebration of the greatest event in history. Well, one of two great events in history, 
right? And Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, the Savior of the world for all of mankind. There is no other like him. There is nobody who can save like God can save through his son, Jesus. There is no other religion or prophet or person that has ever come from heaven, died on a cross, and was raised from the dead. Jesus is alive. And so we, those two events, his birth and his resurrection, are the two greatest events in all of history. And, and as Christians, we get to celebrate those events. And we hope and pray that others would as well. And so this is no pagan holiday no generic holiday. This is for us who believe this is a great, great time of the year and a great day. The birth of the Savior of the world, one of the greatest events in all of history. And the, the, the one great event that gives all of mankind hope. Hope for a future, hope for eternal life, hope for uh, uh, the ability to come back into a relationship with the, the God of all creation. And how awesome, how awesome is that? Uh, today we celebrate that Jesus has come. We, we celebrate that the Lord has sent his son and our connection to Jesus gives us, it gives us hope. It gives us great hope that, that we can keep our chin up and we can look forward that although everything doesn't go the way that we want it to go, God is in control and he's still in control. He's still on the throne. The COVID virus has not knocked Jesus off the throne, nor has anything else, and nor will anything ever knock Jesus off the throne. He is on it and he is there to stay forever and for eternity. And our connection to him gives us not only power and strength and comfort and all those things, but it gives us hope. This week, I had a chance to share this passage with a, a good, good, good person. It's Psalm 23. It's verse 1. And the scripture says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And, and for this person and for all of us, it, it's, a, it's a great reminder to us that even though we don't have everything we want or things don't always go the way we'd like them to go, or maybe not in the timing that we want it to go. God, God does miraculous things. And most of the time, if we will just be patient and wait and see what God can do, even when in our disappointment, what God ends up doing is always greater than anything we could ever do for ourselves. And so we just hang in there. We know that in the Lord, we lack nothing. He has provided everything that we need. And so prayer, prayer, our connection to God in prayer does a lot of different things. It does many things. It, it, we've been talking about those over the last few weeks. We, we give God our attention. Uh, he is Lord. Uh, we surrender to him. The Holy Spirit helps us. All these things we've been talking about. But, but prayer does other things. It brings comfort, right? It brings peace to our life. It brings direction to our life. Like we, we know which direction to go in our world, in our life, in our mind, our heart, in our decisions because we have the truth of God in our hearts guiding us. And so prayer helps direct us into the right path. It gives us purpose and it gives us great guidance. But this morning, prayer, prayer leads to the promise. 
That's what I want to share with you from the Christmas story that we read about in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2 about the birth of Jesus and all that was going on. I want to share with you a, 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 a section of that about how prayer leads to the promise. So we're in chapter 1 of the book of Luke. And um, here's what happens. Here's what happens. I want to just tell the story a little bit and then get into a passage of Scripture, okay? The Scripture says in verse 28 of Luke 1, if you want to turn your Bibles there, the angel appears to Mary, and he told her that she would have a son. He told her what is about to take place and how she's going to play a critical role in the birth of the Savior of the world. And he said, greetings to you, Mary, who are highly favored. And, and the angel said, the Lord is with you. Now, that's a great thing, right? To know that if you're living a life to honor God, like you're fighting and resisting against the temptations that the world is throwing at you. And you are striving, really striving deep within your soul. Say, God, I just want to honor you in my life. I'm not going to just talk about it. I'm not just going to go to church, but I am going to live my life for the, for the God of the universe. I'm going to honor God and his word and his son and follow him close. If you're doing that, then the Lord, the Lord is with you. And that's what the angel says to Mary. And Mary is greatly troubled, as we read about in the passage. And the angel says, don't be afraid. You found favor with God. In other words, God sees us. And he knows what's going on. He knows our decision. He knows our motives. He knows everything. And when you're honoring God, God sees that. And we find, if you find favor with God, you are in the greatest place you could ever be. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter how rich you might be or how popular you might be. None of that really matters at all. But if you find favor in God's sight as he looks on the earth and he sees you, you're in a great place. And, he, and Mary finds favor with God. And the angel says, you will give birth to a son. And you will give him the name Jesus. And he will be great. And he will be called the son of the most high God. He is the son. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, which is huge for the Jewish mindset back then because King David was it. And now Jesus, this son that would be born to Mary, would take over the throne of even David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob, which is all of Israel, God's chosen people right at the time. And his kingdom, the angel says to Mary, his kingdom will never end. And Mary said, how will this be? I am, as you all know, she says, I am a virgin. I've never been with a man. You know, I'm engaged to Joseph, but we have never had any kind of relationship sexually. I've never done it. How am I going to have a child? And that hasn't happened, like physically, like doesn't make sense. And the angel says this, the spirit of God, which is the miracle of this whole thing, will come upon you, will just fill you, and, 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 and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so God, through his spirit, is going to impregnate Mary without any sexual relationship with a human being, another human being. And so the angel says, the Holy One born to you will be called the Son of God. That's beautiful. 
That's miraculous. And the angel shares then about Elizabeth in, in Luke 1 and tells about her relative, Mary's relative Elizabeth, and that she would also have a son, and, and this son would be a forerunner to Jesus. And so they'd be cousins, John the Baptist, Jesus the Messiah, cousins because of the relationship between Mary and Elizabeth, but, Je but Jesus and, and John would be, a, would be like a tag team partner going into the ministry of Jesus and how God would use, how God would use John to, to set the stage for Jesus. Beautiful. And so Mary goes, she's excited about this great news. She's going to have a baby. Her relative Elizabeth's going to have a baby. So she goes to be with uh, Elizabeth. She goes, uh, she gets ready. She goes off to the hillside. She goes to um, Elizabeth's house and uh, Mary greets Elizabeth. And the scripture says there in Luke 1 that the baby inside of Elizabeth leaps in her womb. And Elizabeth now is filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth says, you are, kind of like this, she says, you are awesome. And this is the greatest day ever. <laughs> I love that. Don't you, don't you just love it? And so then Mary, Mary proclaims this, this prayer. And this is what we're going to dig into real quick. Mary proclaims this prayer in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. And Mary said, and Mary said this. Okay, so now Mary is overwhelmed with joy. She's overwhelmed with the fact that she is going to, to have the Son of God birthed through her body. God is going to use her, just like God wants to use people on this planet and use you and me to, to accomplish his will on the earth. He chose to use Mary because she was favored by God, because she was faithful and honored God in her life, because she was a child of God. And so God chose to use her in this precious way. And so Mary says, and she begins this prayer with praise. Mary begins the prayer with praise. And she says these words, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And so Mary begins this prayer with this, this direction toward God, like her prayer that leads to the promise is directed at the one who gives the promise. It's directed at God. That's where prayer should be directed, not to other things, not to anyone else or to, to uh, our stuff or to a statue or to any place building or, 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 or a physical object. Our prayers should be directed to God, not to a priest, but to God. She directs her prayer, my soul glorifies, that means points to and gives honor to and respect to God, the Lord, the one who made everything, the very one who created us. And then she says, and my spirit my spirit rejoices, not just my flesh, but this is deeper than that. This is deep with inside of her. She, she rejoices in the fact that God has found favor in her and he's going to use her for this mighty, mighty task. And she prays, her prayer is a prayer of praise. It begins with praise. Praise the one who supplies 
the promise. That's what she does. She praises the one who supplies the promise. The second thing she happens is this. Prayer proclaims the mighty one. So as we read her prayer, we see Mary proclaiming the mighty one of God. She praises God and now she proclaims him. Verse 49, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Not just great things in the planet. Great things in the universe. Not just great things for all of mankind. But the mighty one of God. She, she acknowledges that God has done great things for me. If we would just take time to count our many blessings, stop looking at the things that don't go our way and, and look at the things that do. Look at how blessed we are and give God the mighty one praise and thanks for the way he blesses your life, the way he works on your behalf. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. Don't miss that. His mercy extends to those who fear him. That's an important truth about people and God. His mercy extends to the ones who fear him, who respect him, who understand that he is God and we are not. And he says from gen she says from generation to generation. That includes her generation all the way to you and to me today. He has performed, again, mighty deeds with his arm. It's about God's oversight for his people, that God watches over his people. And when we honor God, and when we welcome God or invite God to be a part of our life, he doesn't force himself in, we get to say, God, we want you to be a part of our life. And we have to do that. If we don't do that, we are working against God. We are acting as if we are God. The only way you overcome that is by saying, God, you are God. I am the work of your hands. I need you in my life. And we cry out to God and say, God, we need you. And when we do that, God notices that we have welcomed him in. And he feels welcomed. And he comes in. And he goes to work in our life. And mighty, mighty deeds will he do. He is, this is about like the shepherd, the overseer of our soul. The good shepherd who has now been given the reins again. For now, you and I, you know, we ended up with the reins in our hand because of sin. We were separated from God. And now here we are trying to steer our own ship. And we don't have a clue where we're going. And God says, give me the reins. And I will take you to the promised land. I will take you where you need to go. And I will bless you along the way in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. And so Mary understands that. And, and, and this promise, you've got to remember this, his, this promise is to those who fear him, who honor the Lord. Right? And so she proclaims the mighty one. The next thing that we see as Mary prays this prayer is that prayer is humble. Prayer is humble. In verse, in verse um, or, or she says, she says, he has scattered those, Mary cries out, he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts, pride, puffed up, all about them. I, look what I did, look what I have, look what I've accomplished. Pride, that kind of pride, God scatters the proud and he has brought down rulers from their thrones because of their haughtiness 
And their, their, their conclusion that they are mighty and they are great and they should be looked at as God. God has destroyed them in their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. Oh my, that's a, that's a lot to talk about, right? Right there, that's insane. That's like, that's like, Right now in our world, we look around and we go, why do evil people seem to prosper? And what we consider prosperity is money and riches and houses and mansions and all these things that we, in our physical mind, we have concluded these are the blessings of life. But they are not. They, in many ways, are the curse of life. How many rich people have squandered it all and live on the streets or, or ended up killing themselves because of their riches. Hundreds and hundreds of these people have ended up in this way. The true riches of the world are not things. They are the treasures of God, the presence of God, the ability to talk to God, to have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and to have the promises of God and the hope of God that one day, his promise will be fulfilled. And if we fear him and love him and humble ourselves before him, he's going to take us with him into eternity. And, and the riches of this world and the, the stuff of the planet doesn't even begin to compare to the treasures that God offers us. And so this is a cry, this, this prayer of humility in, in Mary's prayer as she is ecstatic that she is going to birth the Son of God and that her sis or her relative Elizabeth is going to have a baby in her old age as well. And so this is a cry for correct perspective. God, God, God you are God. God, you are the one to truly see that, that he is God and that every blessing that flows from him is greater than any blessing that we could ever see or want for ourselves, And that God is God, and we are the work of his hand. That he is the creator, and we are the creation. And so we humble ourselves under the creator, because he is God. And he made us, he fashioned us with his hands. And this is a contrast in humility between pride and humility. What's going to happen to people who do not fear the Lord, who do not live their lives to honor God? Here's what's going to happen to them. The proud will run smack into God's mighty power. They might have their moment in the sunlight or in the spotlight right now. They may have their name in the headlines and be all over the news right now. But the day will come when they are going to run smack into the wall of God. And their pride and their money and their riches and their fame will get them nowhere. It'll get them nowhere. See, wisdom says, I'm going to humble myself before the Lord, the creator. And my perspective is going to be right because I understand that he's God and I'm not. And I'm going to humble myself under God, not because he could squish me if he wants to, but because he is God. 
He's our father, and he does good things for those who honor him and, lo and love him. It's just like our parents. It's like we do what our parents want because we love them. They birthed us. They care for us. They protect us. They provide for us, and so we honor them because of that. They're our parents, and we will want our kids to do the same thing for us when we get there, and we have children, and, and they... And they have the opportunity to honor us or disrespect us. And so God just wants us to, to be his children, right? He wants to give us good things. And that's what Mary's prayer is all about. Humble yourself before the Lord. And the last thing that Mary says in this prayer is this. Prayer exalts the faithful. We already saw in verse uh, verse uh, 52, Mary says that he lifts up the humble. She just said that. He lifts up the humble. And in verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And so God is a God of promise. And God is a, a faithful God who keeps his promise, right? The Lord says he will do this, and the Lord does it. He will do it again. He will do it again. Whatever it is, God will do it because God is God and nothing can stop God from doing what God wants to do. And so how much greater, how much better are we working with God than working against God? See, in the Lord, that Psalm 23 truth is so good for us. It's so real for us. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. There isn't anything I need. He provides what I need. And what he provides for different people is all different. But what I need, what God knows I need, he provides. And I may not always like that. I may want what you have or what other people have because that's human nature. But the fact of the matter is, I lack nothing. God has provided for me everything that I need. And if we will humble ourselves before the Lord, if we'll let God be God and just we'll be faithful children to God. He will lift us up. He will exalt the faithful. That's what he does. At every turn, the prayer, this prayer of Mary's is a reflection of the child that was promised to us and born to us, right? Think about it, right? The, that he is worthy of praise. This child, this baby lying in a manger, he's worthy of praise. He is the mighty one of God given to mankind that would be the savior of the world. He is humble, a humble servant of God's. And he was a faithful. He is a faithful child of God's. The promised son of God, the promise that draws you and me in. He brings us in. He invites us in. He wants us to be a part of this great promise of his fathers. The one who is able to save. The one who is able to, to heal. And the one who is able to restore, right? To restore. And when prayer leads you to the promised, son of God, when, when prayer leads you to the promise. There's only one thing that you can really do, and that is fall on your face at his feet. That's the posture 
of our heart and our soul and our mind should be is that he is God, able to do anything. And we are people made out of the dirt of the earth. We are flesh and blood. And he is eternal. He is the eternal God, right? And all we can do is like bow at his feet. And what happens is this, is this. You will fall at his face and you will praise the Savior, just like Mary did. We will fall on our face and we will proclaim to all that he is the mighty one of God. We will fall on our face and we will humble ourselves before him when we truly understand who he is and who we are. And we get the right perspective. And when we fall on our face, God himself will lift you up. If you, if you go toe-to-toe -to -toe with God, he will humble you. But if you will humble yourself, he will lift us up. See, living on a prayer, living on a prayer means just that. It means that we are moving closer and closer and closer to the promise. We are moving closer and closer to the promise. Man, God is so good. Amen. Father, we love you so much. Draw us close to you, God, especially this week as we think about what you've given us. Help us think about what we can give to you to use for your glory. Use us in a mighty way, oh God. We love you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great Christmas and have a great week. God bless you.